Welcome to Theriots, the father-daughter podcast team where two completely unqualified idiots share their insight on world theories, conspiracies, and the unsolved. I'm Tony. And I'm Bree. Let's theorize. Hey, y'all. This is our fifth episode of Theriots. Woo! <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about something you know a lot about. I knew nothing about until now. Um, I feel kind of stupid that I didn't know anything about it because I guess it was really popular. Well, it was popular, but I think from what I recall, this was popular 2014, which for you would have been in your mid-teenage years. So. I was 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not surprised that uh, you didn't hear a lot about it. So this is the story of the missing Malaysia Airlines. Oh, I'm excited to hear what you found out about this. Yeah, this story was kind of cool, actually. I was surprised. So let's just jump right in. Nice. Let's do it. On March 8th, 2014, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 was scheduled to depart from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. That's right. Okay. Ooh, okay. And arrive at Beijing Capital International Airport, but was never seen again. The crew of the Boeing 777-200ER aircraft last communicated with air traffic control about 38 minutes after takeoff when the flight was over the South China Sea. Minutes later, the flight was lost from ATC radar screens but was tracked by military radar for another hour, deviating westward from its planned flight path across the Malay or Malay, M-A-L-A-Y? Malay sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peninsula and the Andaman Sea. The flight left radar range when it was 200 nautical miles or 370 kilometers northwest of the Penang Island in northwestern peninsular Malaysia. All 227 passengers and 12 crew members were presumed dead. I would imagine so. Okay. Well, they were never seen again. <laughs> uh, the search for the missing plane focused initially on the South China and Andaman Seas before analysis of the aircraft's automated communications with an Inmarsat satellite. Hmm, okay. These are big words. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, identified the possible crash site to be somewhere in the Indian Ocean. The lack of information in the days after the disappearance prompted backlash from the Chinese public, as most people on the flight were of Chinese origin. In 2015 and 2016, several pieces of marine debris confirmed to be part of the aircraft washed ashore in the western Indian Ocean. But after three years of searching across 120,000 square kilometers, or 4,600 square miles, the Joint Agency Coordination Center suspended their search. A second search launched in January 2018 by Ocean Infinity, but also ended without success after only six months, causing the disappearance to be dubbed one of the greatest aviation mysteries of all time. Okay. You said it was in the Indian Ocean? Allegedly. Okay. I, I don't know exactly, and I probably should know this information, how big the Indian Ocean is. Obviously, we know oceans are huge. So, although oh, you said it was 4,700 square miles that they covered? Yeah, that's where they searched. Okay. I'm sure in comparison to the, uh, and I'll try to look this up before, so we can get the information before we're done with this. But I'm sure in comparison to the ocean, it's probably not huge, right? They were probably going off of data information. The right. one thing that I I do recall when they were doing all these investigations, because I remember this. I remember as, as this was coming on the news, it was like a big deal because the biggest thing was like there was nothing found. It like disintegrated to nothing. Like how could an airplane that was that massive, first of all, with the radar tracking and all that stuff, I remember it being super all over the place. And then they couldn't find really much of anything at all. So there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about what happened. So 
I'm excited to hear if you have any of that. Yeah, you would think with a giant plane, there'd be something. But I mean, the ocean's a deep and wide place, so you never know. Very true. But we do have sonar, so. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the theories. Nice. So the first theory is hijacking. The possibility of a hijack has been brought up by many news outlets speculating that hijackers took the plane to a remote island, though no group has claimed responsibility for this. Unofficial researchers have identified more than 600 possible runways at which the plane could have landed on, so like on little islands or anything. This theory may also include electronic hijacking, crew hijacking, spoof satellite data, and even a terrorist attack. Which is, it could be likely. Very possible, absolutely. The next theory is North Korea. In late July 2015, in an article about the plane's conspiracy theories, the Independent briefly mentioned that it had received an email claiming the U.S. had authorized the plane to be shot down because it was allegedly carrying a nuclear warhead to North Korea. The Independent immediately added the joke, or it could still be aliens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's always funny. I guess when in doubt, always blame kim jong-un because he's easy to blame but (laughs) why would a plane be carrying a bomb to north korea especially with over 200 just random civilians and if you're if you're gonna do that there's probably a better way to do it than a passenger airliner well maybe they did it because they didn't want to be suspicious at all just a regular plane I mean, we do have stealth technology. Yeah, I guess we'll see. That one, uh, that one's a little mysterious to me. That one was the one with the least amount of information, so I don't know if I believe that one. Yeah. Um, The next one's a crew murder-suicide. Shortly after the plane's disappearance, media reports claim that Captain Shaw, so the captain of the plane, his wife and three children had moved out of his house the day before the disappearance. A friend claimed Shaw was seeing another woman and that that relationship was also in trouble. A fellow pilot claimed that Shaw was terribly upset that his marriage was falling apart. Investigators noted that Shaw had made no social or professional plans after March 8th, which was the day that the flight disappeared, except for a dentist appointment to get his tooth crown. But the dentist called him, so maybe he just wanted to get them off his back. Hmm. But even though you would, I guess the dentist called him before to confirm and we know at all costs we would try going to the dentist. So if you had premeditatively determined you were going to do this, you would probably be like, eh, I'm going to cancel. You know what, though? Pilots know the flights that they're going on before, right? I would imagine so. I mean, I don't know how far in advance they know, but I would imagine they have some kind of set schedule. Yeah, and he made no job-related plans either. You know, no flights or anything. I don't know if pilots get to control what flights they go on, but that was just a note. Hmm. What do you mean he made no no job related plans? Like he um like he didn't plan further in advance in that particular flight? Is that what Right, there was no about? other flights planned for him to pilot, I guess. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh Shaw was found to have an at home flight simulator, which is that normal for pilots? Do they all have simulators? You know, I obviously it's normal for them to use one, but to have one at home, I got to imagine that's pretty expensive. Um, The Sunday Times reported that among the deleted flight paths performed on the simulator, there was a flight path into the Southern Ocean where a simulated landing was made on an island with a small runway, which could be practice if, if you ever had to 
do that in an emergency. In 2016, a leaked American document stated that a route on the simulator closely matched the projected flight over the Indian Ocean, so the same as the one of the disappearance. Former British Airways senior Boeing 777 pilot Simon Hardy told BBC News that the plane route was probably very accurate flying rather than just a coincidence, and noted that the aircraft's turn allowed clear view of the captain's homeland of Penang. When I was reading this, I thought maybe he wanted to take one last look at his home island if he did do this as a suicide thing. It could be possible. Okay. Um, He quoted, Someone was looking at Penang. Someone was taking a long, emotional look at Penang. The captain was from the island of Penang. It does a strange hook. In order to take a look at the island, you have to turn left or right, get alongside it, and then execute a long turn. If you look at the output from the Malaysian 370, there were actually three turns, not one. Someone was looking at Penang. That one Mm. has a little more credence than the last one, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The shot-down hypothesis. American political commentator Rush Limbaugh, which I only know his name because of Family Guy. Do you know who this guy is? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rush Limbaugh is actually a pretty famous, uh, if not one of the most famous uh, talk show, uh, political talk show hosts. No, Here's Brianna being radio. ignorant again. <laughs> but listen, you're not really at the age where uh, your generation starts to learn about or listen to politics. So that's not yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> Stuff like that creeps me out. <laughs> Maybe a little more than ghosts. <laughs> um, Rush Limbaugh speculated that the aircraft may have been shot down. Supporters of this theory have noted that civilian aircraft have been shot down by military forces in the past. With Iran Air Flight 655 by the United States in 1988 in Cal-007, or maybe K-A-L-007, by the Soviet Union in 1983. Incidentally, later that same year, a different Malaysia Airlines Boeing 777 was shot down over Ukraine by a surface-to-air missile. So Interesting. Mm. Okay, so, I, so that's that's one of the hypotheses on that, or just, uh, just correlation to the two? Um, the hypothesis was that maybe it was shot down, and the correlation was that another one was shot down like a couple months later. Yeah, and that's that's probably one of the ones that I remember when initially when this initially happened, one of the biggest conspiracies that came out was that hypothesis that it was shot down by a missile. But but I think at this point, ever since nine eleven, that always seems to be the theory whenever there's a plane associated disappearance or crash. It um there's always an assumption that it was shot down by some kind of missile or something like right, that. Right, yeah. I I just think if it was shot down or if it crashed, why is there no type of debris at all? Yeah, I mean, I, even even if a plane ex- if it explodes, depending on how high up it is, um, it you would think there would still be big enough pieces that they could find it in the ocean, even though it would be pretty wide. I mean, if it's high enough up by the time it explodes, shoots out. And then comes down. It's probably which which explains why they would search an almost five thousand square mile area. But to not really find anything, even if that's your theory, even if it crashed into the ocean, you know, whatever the case is, I think that's that's the one thing that's always been at the forefront of what happened with this particular flight because of the lack of evidence with what happened to it and debris. Yeah, even with the um the whole nine eleven thing with the planes, people looked so deep into like how the plane hit and how this can happen, how that can happen. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this one because I just feel personally there should be something somewhere. Uh, And the last theory is a cyber attack. 
The hypothesis that a cyber attack may have been carried out on Flight 370 has been raised, primarily based on statements made by Sally Leavesley, or Leavesley, a former scientific advisor to the UK government. Leavesley proposed that hackers may have changed the plane's speed, direction, and altitude using radio signals to the plane's flight management system. So that's kind of, that's scary. I mean, you're just flying a plane and all of a sudden it changes speed and stuff, and you can't even control it? Well, that that one I probably believe less even than the uh, the missile thing or, or the other conspiracy theories because I, I would imagine if if it was hacked, if it was something like a cyber attack, mm-hmm. then I think that would have more of a trace than anything else, even probably than the debris. I mean, the way technology has come in the what even in the last 15 years and this only happened 6 years ago mm-hmm. as of the recording of this podcast i would imagine there would have been some kind of outcome that would have shown the evidence to say this happened as a result of the cyber attack and here's the evidence to show how and why that happened or not necessarily why but at least how yeah i mean there's really smart people out there i mean i'm sure things can be worked around but yeah that's true i guess you're right everything has a system and there must have been some kind of evidence that this happened quick little note a mathematics professor from texas a&m university had argued that the plane must have entered the sea vertically any other angle of entry would have splintered the airplane to many pieces which would have been necessarily found already so i guess this one pertains to the suicide one maybe he intentionally dropped it in the ocean like captain america did (laughs) <laughs> you and your Captain America references. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> he did that for a good reason. And he's still alive. It's okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm so tired of making these jokes and nobody appreciates it. <laughs> I didn't think you were you were done, but apparently you were. <laughs> Captain America was an old man, okay? It's a fact, and that's it. I know, but that was in, in Avengers, and then, uh, you know, so it's a different movie. So I was it's real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's a lot of hypotheses, a lot of theories, um, but I guess to this day, no one knows what really happened. Yeah, and that's that's obviously still the mystery. I mean, I think even from some of the, the stuff that I read not so long ago, as recent as earlier this year, there were still some hypotheses and some alleged expert, I wouldn't say advice, but some expert uh, like investigations on this to explain exactly what happened on this. And I, I think the most common one that most people have come up with, just because there has to be a reason, right? Like, why did this happen? Right. You know, who would shoot down a Malaysian airline, you know, a flight, you know, considering it wasn't close to a bordering country that they there was an issue with or something like that. Barring the fact that there was some kind of bomb on this plane, which that I don't believe with passengers, you probably wouldn't need passengers to do that, right? I think the most logical idea of what happened with this has to be some kind of like mass suicide. Like if, especially if he had all these issues with his wife and his, you know, whatever, his mistress and stuff like that. And he was having all these problems. You would assume that most likely he just took the plane down. And because there were reports that their the flight didn't necessarily make sense toward the end of uh, before they lost it on radar, right? Right. It was um, it wasn't going the way it was supposed to be going, and that whole thing about how he was taking a look at that island. I I, I agree with you. I think it, it could be the suicide one too, especially the fact that the mathematics professor um mentioned that it must have entered vertically. Maybe 
I would think that would be an intentional thing. Like, yeah, just a no, nosedive in. Yeah. Because then, the, you know, the other part is, I don't know if they mentioned in the article the stuff you read, like the black box recordings and stuff like that and mm-hmm. what happened. Because there wasn't really a lot of information about that. So you would have thought that if uh, there were issues with either a malfunction or they really got, or they hit, got hit by a missile or there was a hijacking on the plane, there would have been more chatter on that black box before well, it, well i guess the issue is they never found the black box right because right of, so I, I guess the other part i don't know is a black box recording is i would imagine i should probably look this up on the <laughs> in the in the plane but i would imagine also in the radar towers or so they must be able to record some of that information right exactly there would be something uh what is it called at the station or the radar yeah at the towers right. yeah um I, it said the last time they talked to them was 38 minutes after takeoff so yeah. Plus, if yeah. you like, if you if you believe it was hit by a missile, then you wouldn't necessarily have this odd flying pattern. It would be hit by a missile, probably pretty immediately going down right. in the same path of a of flight trajectory, as opposed to flying in places that you shouldn't have been flying according to the flight plan. Um, in a missile, obviously, you wouldn't necessarily veer off like that for that amount of time if you got hit by a missile. You, well, it, signs seem to point to it being a mass suicide, but um, the, the the fact still remains. I think even if it was a straight nosedive right in, I would imagine they would have found something because I mean the you know the wings are are out, and this was a big seven seventy seven, a Boeing seven seven. So that's a right. big plane. The engines, those are huge. Yeah, and I read uh, different theories that I didn't necessarily add because there was. Little to no evidence, but there was uh, theories about a fire or something like that. But um, they also mentioned that the plane was kind of flying in and out of different uh, countries' territories as to, like, avoid the radars and stuff. And the fact that he passed by his uh, home island three times, not even just once. Hmm. So they're saying that they're, if he passed by his island three times, he circled back around? what they're saying yeah I, I guess i don't know where he was coming from at this point but in order to see the island you either have to turn left or right and he had made that turn like three separate times hmm, interesting one last goodbye yeah i that? mean he was having a lot of problems at home so it's not exactly impossible that that could have happened based on all the evidence i personally believe it was the murder suicide obviously there's no way to know but based on the Everything I read, all the articles I read, some of them being a little less believable than others, the murder-suicide, I think, I believe the most. Okay, so let's kind of summarize what we got here, right, or what we know so far. We know the flight took off March 8th, 2014, excuse me. That's when everything happened. Uh, It was a daytime flight, right, from what I recall? Right. Okay, daytime flight, um, conspiracies, or most common conspiracies, because they're everywhere. I've seen, I've even seen where on Google it shows like, oh, here's an image of the plane in, in an island somewhere, and it's under all this tree debris. Yeah. Now that we have all this, I think it's called LiDAR technology, where it allows you to see images within trees, because that's always been like, uh, people have always said, oh, it's, you know, it landed in these, it's hidden in this jungle, and, uh, and that's why satellites... Can, trees. What do you mean? Yeah, it's called uh, LiDAR tech, not technology, where it, uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but apparently off of a satellite, supposed to bounce in a way that it's it allows you to see images through 
a jungle of trees. Oh, like if something is there? If someone, yeah, if something's oh, hidden in, in I thought you meant trees. if something had ever been there, like a... Like a oh, no, that would be thing. ghost technology. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Your favorite probably would be the ghost technology. Of course, of course. No, but it's, yeah, it's like this ladder that's supposed to be there. And that's, that's what people have always been like, oh, it's hiding in the jungle somewhere. Like the, uh, you know, the airstrips or whatever that were smaller that are un or lesser known. And so with this technology, you would be able to see it. But still, there's never been any evidence of this plane in its existence. But the lack mm -hmm. of debris um, is what leads most people to say that this plane didn't go down in the ocean. And, and that's the reason why it landed somewhere or, or, if it, or it was forced to land somewhere. Yeah. And the whole hijacking thing where um, they assume that hijackers took them to a remote island. I mean, how many islands truly are like not habitable or habitated or inhabited? Inhabitable. <laughs> <laughs> I said every word except that. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't know. There, You know, it's, it's possible there are still islands in this world that are still undiscovered some small small islands but i did want to share because this is actually new to me mm -hmm. so apparently i don't know why a black box is called a black box <laughs> okay and here's the reason why i say that because apparently a black box is actually an indestructible super bright orange colored device <laughs> Maybe because it's like mysterious. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's it's literally as, about as orange as you can get, like a like a cone, like a construction cone. Oh, that's weird. That's a weird color. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. So I don't. I'm assuming there must be a reason why it's called a, uh, a a black box. But here's some here's some information on it. So here's everything that's recorded on there. The voice recorder logs all sounds in the cockpit. In addition to discussions between the pilots, it also records automatic computer announcements radio traffic, discussions with the crew, and announcements to the passengers. The sounds of switches and engine are also recorded by the device. By the device. Private conversations between the pilots are also stored on the black box, which is why the captured audio files must be handled carefully. From a data protection point of view, discussions can only be evaluated in order to clarify accidents or malfunctions. For this reason, the recordings are overwritten after a maximum of 120 minutes. Older devices only record 30 minutes, so technically it's even possible for pilots to stop or delete a recording. Mm. Yeah, so that's um, that's another thing. Which further strengthens the suicide thing, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know why these would be set up to erase data over 120 <laughs> yeah, right? minutes. I mean, some flights are more than two hours long. Yeah, flights to Florida are more than two hours long. Yeah. Well, from here, we're from Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should probably explain a flight from Connecticut where we are to Florida is more than two hours. And I mean, they, obviously, I mean, this is this is a 777 international flights, you know, stuff like that. I don't understand why these recorders are set up like that. What I, I know it's for storage purposes, but our technology allows us to record audio, which doesn't take up a lot of memory. For more than two hours. Yeah. And the security, I guess it was mentioned that is so um, high tech and complicated that even the co-pilot wouldn't know how to breach it, if that's what. 
Yeah, yeah it, it's weird because like if you look at a black black box, it's you would you would think it's like this digital recording, almost like an external hard drive or something, or even a, mm-hmm. a, a jump drive, whatever. And you just plug a it in somewhere. Drive. Well, a thumb drive. Oh, <laughs> sorry, like, I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> like you plug it into your computer, or even like it a has USB? a screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, fine. A USB <laughs> if you if you want to <laughs> simplify it. <laughs> I. You know what. The theory, it's the idiot part is me. So you got to dumb it down, really. No, no, because the theory could also be like, why are you like overcomplicating this idiot? Just simplify it. (laughs) The simple thing is that this plane is gone and no one knows what happened to it. Yeah, very, very true. Um, But you would, uh, you know, you would think these black boxes have these digital recordings on them. It it, it looks weird. It honestly looks like just a a, a big block with a round piston thing type thing on it. Hmm. Um, so that's so that's very strange. So I guess you know that's always why it's so sought after. It doesn't really um, seem to record a whole lot, considering most of it only records about 120 minutes and then overrides itself. Yeah, and and also I don't know why the pilot would be able to erase that. I mean, I guess I I would think that what is it called? The station uh, should be able to listen to it back, and then if there's nothing they need, maybe they just erase it. But the pilot. That's weird to me. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know how accurate that is because why, why would that ever be allowed in any case? I mean, obviously considering how important it is, I don't know if, um, if that particular fact is true. Even, um, going back to the hijacking thing, no one claimed responsibility. So what would be the reason, you know, when you look at like murder cases, there's always a motive. If no one claimed responsibility, what would be the motive of taking 200 random people on a random flight to an island to what, kill them? And maybe they're not even killed. Maybe they're just stranded there, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that's why the hijacking, they really never made any sense to me because typically uh, the hijacking is part of a terrorist attack. And when it's a terrorist attack, someone claims um, they makes, make it known right they may claim to it or if your intention was to hijack it for the purpose of a ransom that right. obviously would have been known as well so that that's what also leads me to believe that the hijacking part is probably less believable than some of the other stuff yeah so um maybe we're on the same page do you believe the suicide murder thing you know i'm gonna say that's the most feasible option yeah when it comes to this particular f- malaysian flight 370 conspiracy yeah i would say that too i think this is going to be one of those things where it doesn't matter how much time goes on there's going to be new evidence as technology progresses that probably comes up as a result of this i'm sure i'm positive the one thing i know with everything that happens that's unexplained is there's probably more information that the public is not privy to but Uh, i'm sure of course (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) the government is not exactly known for telling you everything the radar towers, I'm sure, have things. You know, I, they have released um, flight pattern, the radar uh, trajectory, all of that stuff, and people have tried to explain that. But I'm sure there's, and I don't, I you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're required to release the black box information. Um, yeah, this is completely different. This is a Malaysian airline, so completely different country, completely completely different laws. And so I'm sure there's a lot that we don't know about. Yeah, and I mean, with with any of these theories. I wouldn't be surprised if Malaysia Airlines was trying to uh, keep up their reputation and not expose it all. You know what I mean? Because if it came out that uh, they were hijacked or it was a suicide thing, they're like, okay, well, you could have prevented it, maybe. You know what I mean? They don't want to take responsibility. 
Right, very true. And, you know, from from a purely business perspective, right, because that's what these companies are in business for is to make right. money. They they certainly don't want it known that there was something uh, out there that could jeopardize their business. And, and so probably they I'm sure they're pressing or pushing on the fact that the conspiracy or, or the the theory is that it was the pilot himself that was distraught. And, uh, right. And did a, it was just a mass suicide. Right, which is horrible for all the families involved. No matter what it is, it's horrible. Yeah, very true. And and, and you never know. Again, it's one of those things that was only six years ago, you know. Right. Um, even the uh, the JFK Zapruder film didn't come out until the 70s. You know, that happened in 1963. <laughs> she always make fun of me, as I say. <laughs> well, I'm going to sound stupid again. What film are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, the Zapruder film is the <laughs> film that everybody sees for the uh, where JFK was shot. There's a video of it? Yeah, well, it's, it's called the Zapruder film because the guy's name, I forgot his first name, but his last name is Zapruder. And he was like the one person that happened to have a video camera back in 1963 mm. that actually recorded what everybody sees these days. But what you don't necessarily hear about most times is that that didn't come out right away. It was available to the government right away, but um, the film that we see today didn't actually come out till the 70s sometime. Ooh, okay. That, well, okay. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> oh, well, I, well, that's I feel what really for. stupid right <laughs> so, now. <laughs> so, what I, where I was going with that is that, um, you know, it's only been six years removed from the incident, so it's possible ten years from now we can we can have significantly more evidence than we do today. Yeah, definitely. On the speculation. Okay, so I did want to get some comparison data for this particular area compared to the actual size of the ocean. Now, you said it was forty seven hundred square miles. Uh, 46,000. Oh, 46,000. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that certainly changes things. But but even considering 46,000 square miles mm-hmm. compared to the size of the Indian Ocean, and I had to look this up because obviously I didn't know, um, and there are five oceans with the Indian Ocean being the third largest. Mm-hmm. So there's the Arctic, the Southern, the Indian, Atlantic, and, and Pacific. Indian is right smack dab in the middle. But even with that, the Indian Ocean is 27.24 million Ooh. square miles. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, large and in charge. Huge, huge. I mean, that's that's not much of a space. I, I, I'm sure with technology, they have the ability to determine to an area of approximately where it happened. But man, that's huge. Well, yeah, even with the uh, current, those pieces could be anywhere by now. You know what I mean? Okay, so one thing um, I did want to go back to um, on there, because you mentioned the hijacking part, and I know there was some other stuff. Mm-hmm. that could Because the hijacking is like that other conspiracy. I think you and I believe that the mass suicide was probably the, the most probable cause for it. Right. But the hijacking always seems to be the other the other one, considering. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, there was evidence on that. I do want to point out that the last, the last words, um, that came from the plane were good night, Malaysia 370 in a calm tone. And then two minutes later, the plane completely did a 180 and started flying south. So they believe that's when the hijack started. So I do remember there being a Good night, Malaysia 370. I remember those being the last words. Mm-hmm. And then there, there being the theory with, oh, two minutes later, it, it did this 180 and turned around and went completely south. But the thing with that is that's what people correlate most to that hijacking. 
But is two minutes enough time to really get into a cockpit? Because you got to remember since 9-11, for those of us that remember 9-11, I know you were young, but I, I remember that's how they the those terrorists got in was through the cockpit. And so they mm-hmm. made advances to not allow those cockpit, cockpit doors to be open. From the time he very calmly, and I think that's the key word here, he very yeah, calmly calm. said goodnight, mm-hmm. right? And then within two minutes, they were able to break into this cockpit, take it over, and then turn it around in a 180. I think that's the part that even it debunks itself for those right. that, that believe in that. But even if, well, obviously, this um, what was said is true. But I would think that would point more to the suicide because if the plane had landed safely and he had said that, it's whatever. But the fact that the plane disappeared and then turns around and it was never seen again, that's like an eerie thing to say. And very calm, too. So he knew what was going on. You would think if it was a hijacking, people are erratic about that. Right. I I would definitely agree. I guess the other part you could say is if he knew that there was going to be that he was going to just take the the entire plane down, he probably Mm -hmm. also wouldn't be as calm. You know, he, he probably no, wouldn't say goodnight know. Malaysia 370 in a very calm voice if he knew the next step uh, he was going to make, especially the next two minutes, according to when everything went haywire, mm-hmm. was going to be that he was going to be taking the plane down. Well, you know, here's the thing about suicide. I don't know anyone who's done it. I've never done it myself, obviously. But I do know that... You could be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I do know that there's certain times when... This is what people want. You know, obviously, it's what they want if they do it. Um, they're very calm because they know that this is their choice and this is what's going to happen and it is what it is. So maybe he was kind of just accepting the fact that this is the end of the road and one last goodbye. You know, that kind of makes sense. So you're saying that you believe that it, that actually proves what we both believe, that it was a mass suicide because he, the fact that he was calm and and most people based on research are pretty calm in that last moment yeah and that maybe explains why he was because i don't think uh when people attempt or complete suicide i don't think it's out of nowhere decision like a, a quick and random thing you just do like people think about things like that and they i guess they just realize this is the end of the road for me and th- this is my next decision yeah and unfortunately this if, if that was the case decided to take um, you know, over 200 passengers or innocent people yeah. along with them. That's the sad part. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to uh, just talk about is you mentioned the Imrasat satellite. And, and, and to kind of explain a little bit of what that is, uh, that's a piece of equipment. Uh, it's, I think it's called an SDU, which um, is a satel- satellite uh, data unit, I think. Um, but that's uh, that's the part that processes those signals that are transmitted between the plane and satellites. So they that's how they track the information. The ironic part with that whole thing, and I, I, you know, I, again, I'm not a pilot, so I don't know. And maybe, yeah, maybe if there's a pilot listening, they can let us know for sure some yeah. of the stuff with the black box and this, you know, the satellite stuff. But the ironic part is that that Imrasat satellite, which was a British satellite, in the hours after it's disappearing, that was turned off and off and on again and that's what some people who who theorize that hijacking was the the main culprit that's what they attributed to that's what they say like oh here's the reason why it was hijacked is because 
uh, apparently you do have access to it from the inside the plane if that's the theory because if it, you're able to turn it on and off that's what makes most people believe that it was a hijacking because you know you're trying to hide from satellite image if you're turning it off i don't know why you would turn it back on um, so you can turn a satellite off manually from a plane well, I, I, I think is not necessarily the satellite itself, but the right. ability to be tracked by the satellite. Because, oh. you know, there are probably transmitters and receivers that talk to each other um, to do that. Yeah. And they were flying in and out of different territories. So I guess the I, I think we're trying to defend the hijacking theory a lot. I don't necessarily believe it. But I mean, I think the hijacking and the mass murder suicide are the two most believable um, theories because hijacking has happened a lot in the past before. And a mass suicide, I mean, just the way it was flying around an island, the way it may have entered, it to me, that just makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I would definitely agree. I think this is one of those ones that we're going to keep talking about. We're going to find out new information on. There's, there's probably a lot more that's going to come out. And, you know, who knows? Who, will we ever find out? Surely time will tell. But I, I think there's probably more that's going to come out of this. Right. And no matter what we believe, I mean... The plane was never found. There truly is no way to know what the pilot may have been dealing with, what really happened on there. I mean, this may be something we may never find out, which is going to make me very angry because I wish I knew the answers to everything. Yeah, well, I mean, if if we did, then we sure as heck wouldn't have a show. <laughs> yeah, well, no one would believe us even if we did. Who's going to believe us? Well, here's I mean, here's another thing regarding the satellite thing. So, um, in in that same year, uh, there was uh, someone called um, Mike Exner, and he wanted because of the theory that the sat was turned on and off. He wanted to prove whether that was accurate or not, whether you had the ability to do that, because the, the conspiracy was that a hijacker could climb into the uh, what they call the EE Bay. Uh, eBay. From, <laughs> well, this is a double eBay. E eBay, <laughs> electronic eBay. <laughs> uh, but it's on, in the passenger's cabin, and apparently that's where uh, they said you can meddle with the uh, the SDU, that satellite data unit. But according to Mike Exner, the MH three seventy, which was a Malaysian airline flight, he got a group of experts together. It was an independent group, and he claimed that this is the only place where it could be accessed, not the cockpit, because originally they were saying, okay, so if you hijacked it, then you turned it off from the cockpit. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, it actually is accessed from the passenger cabin. So mm -hmm. he goes on to have this group of experts, and again, an independent group, conduct this study. And what he did is he had uh, two veteran Boeing, Boeing 777 pilots who accompanied him to the SDU, show him whether it could be turned on and off. And his report very clearly stated that there's no way to turn off the primary power to the SATCOM from the cockpit. So mm -hmm. there is evidence, though, that shows that it was turned off and on. Because that, that's data that can be proven. There's even specific time frames that show exactly when that was done. So if it can't be done from the cockpit and it can't be done from uh, this passenger cabin, because, again, if you were a passenger, how would you know how to do that? Right. Then how, how did that data go off? I guess how did yeah, that, how was that satellite shut off? I don't know. I mean, malfunctions happen all the time, but it's like you would think with something this technologically advanced, there would be some type of um, thing in place to prevent this. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll certainly uh, never know. We will never know, but that, yeah. that's what I love about it. That's what I love about this story <laughs> so much is that it intrigues so many people because it, it's it's so, 
you know, inexplainable or inexplicable how, how this thing happened. But I, my personal theory, and you and I are in agreement, and I hope people out there are in disagreement with us and will mm-hmm. tell us why, because we both certainly believe that it was the mass suicide theory versus all the other ones that are a little, you know, I think there might be a little bit hokey, but I think yeah. people always try to find some kind of explanation that in, in the conspiracy world. Yeah, that's the thing uh, I love and hate about this podcast is that there's a lot of discussion which I love, but there's no answers. There truly is no answers. Yeah, true. So that's what I like, but that's why yeah. it's a conspiracy because we just don't know. Yeah, but this one, I don't know. It just kind of uh, made me a little emotional because this kind of stuff is scary. I mean, I feel, I think everyone has some type of fear when it comes to flying, but this kind of, I mean, people are like, oh, what if we crash? What, uh, what if I have an anxiety attack? But what if you disappear? And no one can ever find you again. I know, and your family has no resolution or it's no crazy. closure. You know, what would happen to those people is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And I hope that there is some resolution or conclusion for, mm-hmm. for the families of these people so that they get some kind of closure. All right, so we don't want to end on a sad note, so uh, you, maybe you want to <laughs> apply one of your Captain America <laughs> jokes at this point. <laughs> All right, at this point, move on. All right, so we'll chalk this one up to uh, what we believe. Certainly, it, it, this isn't, you know, it did happen, but uh, the conspiracy theories are what unproven. So we certainly thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope that you actually have some information for us. If there are any pilots out there or anyone else that has their own theory that we didn't necessarily discuss you can always email us at theoriots at gmail.com that's t-h-e-o-r-i-o-t-s at gmail.com hit us up on instagram at theoriots you can also find us on facebook at theoriots and with that said it is usually time at this point for us to get our next topic for our next episode yeah i went classic with your topic for next week okay what do you got well this is a topic we both know a lot about but I'm really excited for it because it's the Mandela effect. Ooh, nice. I do like the Mandela effect. I'm I'm really glad you gave me that one because that is something that has come up in the last couple of years and has gained a lot of momentum. And I cannot wait to explore more on this one. I've I've done my fair share of uh, research and, and watching <laughs> and all kinds of stuff, but I'm sure there's some more stuff that I'm going to find out. Shane I love this Dawson one. videos, all the conspiracy theories. Yeah, I really like that uh, topic. Nice. I'm kind of jealous of you. Nice. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure you'll have a lot to say on that one as well. I'm sure. All right. So we want to thank you again for joining us on this episode of Theory. It's I've been Tony. I've been Bree. We'll see you next time. Woo.